0: Thank you. Take a seat. Well, it is a wonderful privilege to be with you guys this morning. You know, um, every time we gather as church, I get excited because, you know, as we're going through life, you know, it's, it's a couple of hours on a Sunday morning and we're just thinking, oh, well, that's part of my world. But, you know, as we gather on a Sunday morning, there's two billion people around the world doing the same thing. And so it's not just us gathering there's just this incredible number of people all around the world just stopping everything else and getting serious about the most important thing which is him and uh, so it's so great to see you in church this morning and we are we're having a great time and I really hope that uh, what I've got to say really blesses you and encourages you um, we've, uh, we're really grateful for your pastors uh, they're very good friends of ours they've been you know you need friends don't you You always need friends, and uh, pastors especially need friends. And uh, (laughs) they've been great friends to us. And uh, we went on holidays one time, and poor old Ward here uh, was getting ready to go on holidays and do a bit of windsurfing with me, because, you know, he's into surfing and the beach and all that. And just before he went, he he completely destroyed his leg. (laughs) Remember that? And so he had to sit there in the beach house all week watching me and windsurf so he's a good friend Pastor Ward he's a great friend it's so good to, uh, we were here in uh, I think it was February where you relaunched as, as a campus and uh, it's so good to see the place full this morning and uh, I hope this morning as, as, we, as I speak to just really help us to see that uh, what we prayed this morning, the best is yet to come that uh, that you guys as a community of believers, uh, the best is yet to come for you. Amen. So let's get right into it. What time am I finishing, Pastor Ward? All right. Okay, good. Um, you know, a miracle is going to take place this morning. I'm going to share this entire message in 23 minutes. There's going to be a wormhole in the service and it's all going to happen. Here we go. It is. Yeah, it is it is so every single one of us has an identity the first thing that happens when we meet someone new is what we ask them we ask people what's your name where are you from what do you do that's what happens when we meet people where are you from what's your name what do you do? We want to understand who that person is. So each one of us has an identity. And what we really want to know when we meet someone is, who are you? Who are you? The point is that identity, who we are, who we believe we are, is important because we live out of our identity. Each one of us, we don't, we don't just kind of, wake up every morning and and say what do i got to do next but it's actually who we believe we are that fashions what we do it fashions how we feel about ourselves and what we think life's all about identity is incredibly important we live out of our identity you know dogs act out of dog instinct and cats act out of cat instinct and we all know that cats and dogs you know how many people love cats how many people love dogs how many people love both, a couple? How many people don't have a clue? <laughs> but you know, human beings are not like animals, because we don't just act out of instinct, but we act, we act out of who we believe we are, which is why cats and dogs are much happier than us. <laughs> they don't get depressed because uh, because they're just going woof or meow. But we need an identity. We need to understand who we are. So let's go this morning to Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. And I'll read to you. So Jesus took his his key guys, his 12, up to a place in the north of, just outside of Israel, Caesarea Philippi. And he asked a question. He said a whole bunch of things. He said this, he said, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, You're blessed, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I'll give you something. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Who are you? Who are you this morning? Who do you think you are? So Jesus asks the world a question. He asks everybody a question. He says, who do you say I am? Now, this is a, I say this is a world question. And it's the biggest question. Because Jesus' life, his who am I? who he thought he was, has rippled down through, through history. Like I said, a third of the planet is gathering this morning because of this guy. A third of, we're gathering this morning for all kinds of reasons, but we're really gathering because of this guy, because of Jesus Christ. And in his short 33 years, this man, Jesus Christ, has completely changed history more than any other person. Jesus Christ is probably the singularly most important person. If you, did a, if, you, if you thought about the effect of people on the planet, there are many famous people, but this man, this man, Jesus Christ, is probably the one who stands above and beyond all. And not only that, but he claimed to be God. And not only did he claim to be God, but he acted like God. He actually, the things that he did as we read the stories about him, as we see the impact of his life, it looks like he was God. Yeah. So, this person, Jesus Christ, is the single most important person in the world. He acted like God. His impact suggests he was telling the truth. Jesus asked the world, Who do you say I am? And you know, when we begin to address that question ourselves, who is Jesus? God gets involved in our life sometimes we're asking where's God what's God doing how can I get nearer to God well you can sing a song or you can, you, can, you, can, you can do this or that but here's the thought is that as soon as you start to engage with Jesus God comes near as soon as you start to you could just stand here this morning and go Jesus Jesus And as you begin to engage with the name of Jesus, God will come near. The presence of God is all over Jesus. Jesus is the one who is filled with the presence of God. He's the Christ, the anointed one, on whom the Spirit dwells in all of his world. The presence of God, the manifestation of God's presence in the world is all around Christ. If you want to know how to come near to God and how to be filled with the Spirit and how to have powerful things happening, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus asks the world a question. And God starts, as soon as you begin to engage with the question, who is Jesus, God starts to mess with your world. Right? So, so he's so important. If, if The spirit, a, a fight, actually a fight starts as well as you begin to ask the question, who is Jesus? And that's why most of us don't want to mention that word in the lunchroom at work. Try mentioning the name of Jesus in the lunchroom at work. We avoid the name of Jesus because we know that the name of Jesus is going to start an argument. It's going to start a question. It's, going to dro- it's like dropping a hand grenade. The name of Jesus, who do you say I am? How do you draw near to God? Let the name of Jesus begin to wrestle with you. Listen to this, what it says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. God has, in these last days spoken to us by his son who is he he has he's appointed him heir of all things he also through him made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person upholds all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins and he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on on high jesus is the entire focus of god Jesus is a laser beam, a laser sight, one of those little dots you see in all of the movies, that dot of God that comes upon us is the name of Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus asks each one of us this morning a question, who do you say I am? When we come to the problems of life and and we're trying to figure out what on earth is going on, I suggest we start with who is Jesus? Who is Jesus and where is he in my world? It's a really important question, you know, because we get confused. We, we overcomplicate things. It just is about getting near to Jesus. Now, you know that. And I'm just trying to encourage you and bring us back to some basics here. But here's the second question that Jesus, or the second thing that Jesus is. Jesus answers a question that you have. So we come near to him. We get to know him a little bit. Because, we, we, you know, there's so much to him. There's so much about Jesus that we just got to... You know, I've been going as a believer now since I was 13 years old. That's 35 years. And it's a long time. And, and yet there's no end to the question of who is Jesus in my world. And you talk to these guys in our church who are like 80, you know, and it's like I'm still asking the question, which is a really good place to be at. But now Jesus answers a question that we have. So Simon Peter uh, answered verse 16 and said you are the Christ the son of the living God Jesus goes well said Jesus answered and said to him blessed are you Simon Barjona flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven has revealed it. you've got it from God and now look what he says I also say to you I also say to you you are Peter Now, his name wasn't Peter. His name wasn't Peter. He said, who are you talking about? His name was Simon, which is my name. And it's an awesome name. And there's a lot of rubbish going around about the meaning of the name Simon. Do you know what the name Simon means? It means he who hears. And I like that. Because I need to do a lot of hearing. So Simon was he who hears. And the guy who hears was the guy who heard from God the Father. But then Jesus says, but you are Peter. And Peter means rock. So he began to speak about this guy in a different way. He began to declare something over his life that wasn't what he... He didn't think that he was rock, that he was rocky. He thought he was something else. But Jesus began to speak over his life about who he is. Jesus began to say to Simon, let me tell you who you are. Now, in life, a lot of people are going to tell you who you are. Circumstances are going to come along that are going to try and tell you who you are. This church has been through a season where circumstances have tried to tell you who you are. But we need to hear what Jesus is saying about who we are. We need to, as a group of people, hear what Jesus says about us. All those other voices are voices, but they're not nearly as important as what Jesus says about who we are. All right? So teachers are going to tell you who you are. Your parents are going to tell you who you are. Coaches are going to tell you who you are. Some bloke who wants to pick you up is going to tell you who you are, whether you're a guy or a girl bosses are going to tell us who we are customers are going to tell us who we are your own sleepy morning self tells you who you are you know are you like I don't know who I am until I've had a coffee that's what I'm like I'm like that it's like who am I again I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and I think you know those midnight sort of thoughts what am I doing why am I doing this what's going on Ignore that. I just ignore that now because it just never tells me the right thing. One of the greatest things we need in life is for someone else to affirm our existence. You need, We need each other, actually. One of the reasons why we need to gather as a church is because we need each other to tell each other who we are. There needs to be a conversation going on saying, you're in Christ. You're okay. Fear not. It's all right. You'll get through this. God is with you. Stand, stand firm. We need that voice. We do not exist well as independent, autonomous selves. One of my favorite movies is I Am Legend. And um, in, in I Am Legend, Will Smith is hooning through the streets of New York with a, with a gun. And there's like deer running around. It's really unusual. What's this? And, and he's got everything. He's got the car. He's got the hunting thing going down. He's got a house, a huge mansion to, to himself. He's got stocked up with food. He's got everything he could possibly need. But it's an amazing movie because in the middle of the movie, we find out that he's the only person left. He's so lonely that, that he talks to mannequins. He, 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 he invents people just to be connected into people i am legends an awesome movie about the human need for community we need affirmation somebody to say i appreciate what you bring but who will that person be who will be that voice in our life i believe it has to be jesus first the first voice in my life can't even be my wife It can't be your husband. It can't be the person you love. It can't be your best friend. The first voice has to be the voice of Jesus. Listen to this. Um, Ralph Waldo Emerson talked about the need for friendship, and he said this. He said, Friendship cannot be merely about itself. It must be about something else. When two or more discover that they have in common some insight or interest, do you love me means do you see the same truth?" The person who agrees with us that some question little regarded by others is of great importance can be our friend. That is why those pathetic people who simply want friends can never make any. What we have as a community is we have a common good, a common cause, a common person who we all hold as very, very important, And that person is Jesus Christ. And that's why we can all be friends together as we serve him, as we worship him, as we learn from one another together in this process. And Jesus speaks to each one of us individually and us corporately. And it strengthens us. Friendship must be about something outside yourself. And so Jesus comes along to Peter and he's being his friend. Peter was not just a servant that go off and do the thing and make sure you die for me well you know that wasn't the way it was going to be it was i call you friends i get near to you i want to it's in that engagement that close engagement with jesus that we actually learn the most so jesus is peter's friend and but he's also god and he's able to show him something about himself and what is that something the something he's showing him is what he can be what he can be You know, as we gather together and think about the future for us, what Jesus wants to do is speak to each one of us and show us what we can be. Show us what we can be as people who have been, who love Christ, who love people, people who have been touched by heaven, people who are trying to learn and grow as spirit-filled human beings a new community of human beings that Jesus launched 2,000 years ago called The Church, which goes out and makes Christmas hampers for people you don't even know. Not because it's suddenly going to do some amazing miracle in their life, but just because it's a good thing to actually give something, some of your time, treasure and talent to somebody else as a gesture of God's love into, the, into this city. That, those seeds... Those little seeds sprout and, 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 and they enable God to step into our world and create opportunities for us to do even more. We're not all Peter, but we all have something in Christ. Galatians 3 20, uh, 28, 26, sorry, says, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as are baptized into Christ, it's not happening today, but it is in two weeks we're doing ours in two weeks as well when you get baptized into christ you put on christ you put on christ and so owning that identity is not just a matter of waking up every morning and going okay god what are you doing but you've got to actually put on christ so so owning that identity peter had to put on the identity that christ gave him he it didn't just happen naturally he had to own the identity you see, following Jesus is like putting on clothes. A lot of people think that when you come to God, He's going to, like, unclothe you. You know, you know that dream you have? That, that you're at work, and you've got your shirt and your tie on, and you're giving a presentation, and you look down, and you realize you've got no pants on? You'd never have that dream. Okay. It must be a pastor's dream, you know. <laughs> you don't even want to think about it. But that dream that, you know those funny dreams that we have where we suddenly realize, oh my goodness, I'm naked. You know, oh my goodness, uh, everybody can see my faults. Everybody can see my failings. I'm unclothed. That's a dream that everybody has, that somehow everybody's going to realize what a flawed individual I am. What a, the, the, what, what, how, how They're going to see the cracks in me, And they're going to realize that I'm really not who I'm cracked up to be. And we all feel that threat. But God comes along and he says, I want to clothe you. I want to clothe you. I want to give you clothing. And the clothing that he gives us is the clothing of himself in the person of Jesus Christ. I've only got four minutes to go. There's three thoughts which you can go to. In Ephesians chapter, there's a lot of thoughts, but I picked three. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Just three, three items of clothing for you to think about this morning. First of all, you were dead, but now you're alive. You realize that if you've got the spirit of Christ in you, you are going to live forever. The, resurrection, the power that got Christ out of the grave is in you. So whatever's going on, however bad it gets, there's resurrection in you it's not going to kill you. Even if it kills you, it's not going to kill you. Okay? And so we need to realize that the spirit of Christ is the spirit of resurrection. And it's the spirit, and resurrection is the spirit of hope. Resurrection tells us that there is a future. It doesn't just all end and bang, we're gone. Resurrection tells us there is a massive future ahead of us. We don't know what it is exactly, but it's there. And therefore, if I put that on, it changes me. Number two, is we're seated with christ in heavenly places what we're seated with christ in heavenly places where is christ seated in heavenly places he's seated on a massive throne and the bible says that you and i as the church are seated with him on the throne therefore we have a level of authority a level of power in our world that we don't we don't come at problems and issues as though we're kind of the little mouse in the corner that has to scurry away we come as the lion we come at issues as though right what do i need to do about this in jesus name we come at everything from that angle god's authority is never off it's never off number three is you are his workmanship the word workmanship means work of art it means that you're a Michelangelo. It means that you are a unique creation of God that is a masterpiece that He is still working on. It's not finished yet, but if you'll keep going with Him, he's, the Master is working on you. And the Master, who's greater than Michelangelo, can turn you into an absolutely beautiful picture. That as we walk in life, that what we put on is that God is at work in my life and that I am a masterpiece. You can get up in the morning, and instead of having that grumpy sort of morning feeling, that kind of you know invades your world you say hang on a second i'm a masterpiece (laughs) waiting to happen i know it's don't feel like a masterpiece but i am a masterpiece in jesus name put it on so uh, peter accepted jesus call he accepted jesus word over his life and people started calling him peter and he accepted that so he let people call him peter even though he made heaps of mistakes he accepted the name he accepted the calling And I believe we have to accept the calling. We have to daily accept the calling. We as a community of people, as a church, have to accept that calling. Now, that's awesome, yeah? Isn't that awesome? So it's awesome for us personally. But here's where the challenge comes. Jesus expands the question beyond that because a lot of people get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know who I am in Christ. But I want to expand the question for you this morning, and let me show you how. So he says, "You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose etc., etc. Heaven will come to earth through you, Peter." Now listen, lots of people love to hear, "I'm Peter. I'm rocky. I'm confident now. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah! What's this business of building? What's this business of the gates of hell? That sounds a bit dangerous. What's this binding and loosing business? What on earth is that? And that sounds like conflict of some kind. I want to know God personally, but let's just keep this thing manageable, you know? Let's keep this Jesus, this God thing, a little bit manageable. I think what I'll do is I'll just keep it to myself. And I'll I'll, I'll just kind of build it for myself. Now, here's what I want you to imagine. Imagine Jesus gets filled with the Spirit, and God says to him as he's baptized, you are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Samuel L. Jackson apparently does that on the DVD. And Jesus says, awesome, Dad. I'm just going to be the most innovative, successful carpenter in all of Nazareth. Actually, I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to expand to Caesarea. I'm going to expand. I'm, I'm going to take my, my, my carpentry business all the way to Jerusalem. I'm going to, I'm going to have the Bunnings, Jesus Bunnings business of Judea. Imagine he never opens up the life of Peter or James or John or Mary or Martha or Lazarus or Paul or Philip or Luke or Timothy he never talks much about God he never cleanses any lepers forgives any paralyzed guys confronts any Pharisees never goes to Jerusalem never cleanses the temple doesn't upset anyone and doesn't go to the cross he just thanks God for making him so blessed with his carpentry gift and expanding his own world Is Jesus being who he's supposed to be? Church. Jesus is expanding us to be who we're supposed to be. Are we not filled with the same spirit? Are we not sent with the same word? Are we not called to expand the ministry of Jesus. Are we not those people? Jesus expands the question of who you are and you are not fully you until you start being who you are in the world that God cares about. You are here not just to receive but also to build this community. This community is here not just to be its own community but to be a light And it will be a light because Jesus has said it. Because Jesus is in the midst of it. It's not about our strength, it's about His strength. And we put that on. And so, even today, as we think about this, some of us go, Flip, that is true. But I am freaking because I don't feel very powerful or effective. And I don't know who to talk to. And I don't know what to do. But if you will own the clothing, if you will own the name, and say, God, just start to give me some ideas. Just start to help me work with it. Just fill me with your presence. Do you know, every single one of us has people around our world who are already positioned for God to to say something, to do something. And all we've got to do is just accept the job and say, look, God, whatever you want me to do, if you give me opportunities to speak, to pray, to be kind, to do something, I'll take them. I'll take them. Let God worry about the rest. Let God worry about the rest. Folks, I want to urge you not to give up on the fact that who you are, in who you are, the goal is not just you, it's not just us, but it's the whole world. That's the goal, that's the reason. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.